Okay, guys, it's Hippie Mama again, and we are back for part two of our discussion that we were having yesterday. So if you remember, we were talking about understanding and dealing with anxiety. Um, It was an article that was written by a Christian company called Crew, C-R-U. And I had mentioned that, you know, it's, I'm going to go further than that because I don't want to just say, oh, this is only for Christians. This is for anybody, anybody who is dealing with any type of anxiety problems. Um, I just want you to know that this is a safe place. You can come here, you can listen. And of course, not every day do I um, do mental health things or talks, but I just feel that it's so important that we change the um, storyline of what mental health is. It is not something to be ashamed of. It is not something to um, feel that you can't talk to someone or that there's no one there that understands or you're being judged because that's the lie. That's the deception that is told in order to keep you in a state of anxiousness, to keep you in a place where you hide and there's no reason to hide. There's so much help and so many really good resources and, and people that honestly care, that want to help you to feel better. Um, I may or may not have mentioned it before um, that I am a healthcare provider. Uh, I've been doing healthcare for over 25 years, um, but I am um, very passionate about mental health. I'm very passionate about a person's well-being because it is something that when it's not talked about, it does manifest into other medical conditions. And there's no reason that we have to suffer alone um, based on well, my mama or daddy never talked about it or you know it's looked down in my culture in my culture. And it really shouldn't be. It is, um, there's help. There's help, but there's millions and millions of people that are suffering. So anyway, we're going to go back into this topic. And um, like I said, I really think that this is a great article and I highly recommend it to anyone. And I will make sure again today that I put it in the description box so you guys can check it out. But like I said the other yesterday, I also subscribe to their newsletters. So you get all these wonderful articles um, from them. And so this was just one that I came across and I'm thinking, "Hmm, we really need to talk about this. So sometimes these concerns, when when anxiety becomes unhealthy, they say sometimes these concerns become more of a challenge to the way we think. We might find ourselves constantly worrying about the future and creating unhelpful scenarios. It might create a general sense of distress or cumulative in a pessimistic attitude. At this point, it might be more of a pattern than a disorder. We may need outside help to get our mind onto a new set of tracks, but it might not be a chemical or cognitive problem requiring medications. Sometimes it can be helped with a counselor who can help us identify the thinking patterns that are causing our discomfort. So a lot of times it is really just about the story that we have created in our minds. Maybe we think people don't like us and maybe that's true. Maybe they don't. But if you 
know that you did not do anything to that person and they just don't like you because of how you look or because of what you have or because of what you don't have or because of what you believe in or because of what you don't believe in, let me tell you a really big secret. That is not your burden to bear. You can't change anyone's opinions about who you are. They have formed an opinion about you based on who they are. So even if they know you, and even if other people have said really wonderful things about you, they have created a scenario within their own mind. So that's their problem to deal with, not yours. However, that's probably easier said than for us to actually do, right? Because we take on everything. If somebody doesn't like us, we take that personally. If somebody is having a bad day and they yell at us, we take that personally. We have adapted a behavior that is killing us. We have become so concerned about what everybody else thinks about us that we have forgotten to look at who we are and to love who we are. And it will drive you crazy, whether you're on the job and you're dealing with a, a very abusive um, type of uh, co-workers or boss, um, whether you're at home and you're dealing with that same scenario, it is not our burden to bear someone else's um, views about who we are. And I say that because, again, it's so easy to see the negative and to run with it and to marinate in it and to keep it, that it keeps us up at night. It won't allow us to sleep. It causes us to be so stressed out. Um, we may find ourselves going into the pantry and grabbing all types of sweets to eat to calm our nerves. Uh, we may be so anxious that we think about, oh my gosh, I got to get up tomorrow and I got to go into this place and I don't want to. And you find yourself just starting to feel sick. Don't allow someone else's internal or external verbal verbalization about who they think you are, or how or what they have said to you, dictate how you respond. You have to take control over your life because you actually do have control over your life. So you can't let this get you caught up into their chaotic world because that's what's going on for that person who for whatever reason just wants to be hateful and we see that a lot um in in people that are bullies they they tend to um impart how they're feeling on the rest of the people that's around them and you have the option to choose am i going to allow you to um make me feel this way or am I going to say you know what these are my feelings I have control over them if you don't like me you don't have to like me but you know there is a, a, a line right and we don't cross that line we should never cross that line there should never be any physical altercations it really shouldn't be any verbal altercations but 
people are people and they're going to do what they're going to do. And sometimes people just love to push other people's buttons, especially the people that they feel that they can do it to and will not um, retaliate or, or, or say anything back right? They love to do it because they get out their frustrations, but then their frustrations become your stressors and you carry them around and you have to, to carry all of this baggage from so many people. It's not just one person. I mean, you could go to your doctor's office and have a horrible experience because of how someone behind the receptionist desk treated you. Or you can go to your doctor's office. This person may still have a, a horrible attitude, but because you have chosen to not allow their behavior to affect your behavior. You can walk out of that door. You might say, you know what? I don't know the next time I'm gonna go back there, but you can walk out of that door and be like, I'm okay and have a great rest of your day. It's a process though. Sometimes that doesn't just come so easily, but it's a process. Jesus's words are trustworthy. And they're helpful for people caught in a cycle of worry. Sometimes a reminder like what he gave on the Sermon of the Mount of Sermon or the Sermon of the Mount. I forgot how that went, actually. Sermon on the Mount. Sorry. Sorry, God. Um, but, you know, and I encourage you guys, if you haven't heard that, go and read it. There's also a lot of YouTube. Um, you can just type in Sermon on the Mount. It'll come up. Listen to what he said. I mean, because it is deep. It is very, very enlightening what he said. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And the answer is no. Guys, worrying is not going to change your situation. Prayer however, will change your situation. And I can attest to that. The book that I wrote, Intimate Moments with God, What It Takes to Please Our Savior. I have dedicated a whole chapter in that book on just this topic, on anxiety and depression. If you have not, I have made this book available on the um, Amazon or Kindle, the ebook will be available for um, a short time for free. Please go on and get it and read it. Um, I, I'm telling you, I, I wrote the book in spirit and God has dealt with me in so many ways. And, and I talk to you today, not only as somebody who works in mental health, um, but also as someone who has dealt personally with mental health with depression with anxiety i have had it i have i have lived it i have i have been so debilitated at, at one point that i did not want to get out of bed that i didn't want to do anything so i'm speaking to you from a place of authority in that regard because 
Not only have I lived it, I also now work with others to try and help them overcome it because it is overcomable, is if that's a word. It can be overcome, but it does take time and it takes prayer and it takes belief and it takes meditation and it takes relaxation and it takes knowing that you are not alone and that there is help. There is help if you want to receive the help. But what I do love about the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus is telling us, don't worry. Don't don't think about what are you going to do tomorrow. Live for today. He, if you trust him, and I have to go back to that because I am a Christ-centered person. I have to go back to my father because I know based on what he has done for me, based on everything that I've been through, had it not been for the grace of God, I would not be where I am today. I would not be here today more personally. I will have to tell you that I would not be here. But because of who he is, and because of how he's changed my life, I have a mission and I want to help other people. I want people to know that you're not alone, that you are loved, and that you can have intimacy with the Father. And to have that type of intimacy with Him is to not worry. I'm not going to say that sometimes those feelings don't come back, right, where we feel a little scared or anxious or sad. But what I can tell you is that if you really really have devoted your time and your life to knowing who he is and to becoming um, close with him and having that level of intimacy where you go behind the veil. The, The Bible talks about two or three areas, right? They talk about the outer courts. And this is where a lot of people will stay at is in the outer courts. Some people will go into the inner court. And, you know, these are the people in my opinion, that they want to hear a little bit more about God, but they still don't want to get intimate with him, right? They don't want to, they don't want to have to disrobe. They don't want to have to get naked in front of him, right? But then there is that point when you go behind the veil. And let me tell you, that's where I'm at. I don't ever want to leave from behind the veil. I always want to stay behind the veil with God and be in his presence because there in his presence is a type of peace that I can't even begin to explain to you. But I can tell you that when you have reached that level, you will know and you will understand that no matter what this world throws at you, you can overcome everything through the one who is there with you behind the veil. But it takes disrobing. You cannot stay clothed in this world. You cannot stay clothed in the sins or into the the things that you think bring you comfort or, or mask the pain. You have to unrobe this stuff. You have to let it go. You have to lay it down because when you go to the Father, when you go to the Father in sincerity, there's nothing that you can hide. There's nothing, there's no way to cover up your, your nakedness, the, the shame or anything that you may feel. You have to be vulnerable and you have to be willing to, to just bear it all. And I'm telling you, when you do that, these things that we think are, are they're unmanageable are actually more manageable because he gives us that grace. So 
excuse me, sometimes some differences between typical or even unhealthy anxiety and anxiety disorders might include some of these following the following anxiety unrelated to a specific event or situation. Um, and this can be like if your best friend and you have a fallen out and it's unresolved, it gives you a sense that of unrest or worry. Excuse me, guys. Avoidance behaviors. When someone has anxiety disorder, it often manifests itself in avoiding everyday responsibilities. We talked about that yesterday. And then physical symptoms, which we also talked about yesterday and kind of confirmed today, which can cause you to have headaches, you feel fatigued, you're irritable, you have memory problems, muscle tension, bowel issues, sweating, trembling, and insomnia. These are physical manifestations of anxiety, of uncontrolled, of unresolved anxiety. We are bodies with minds and spirits. We are, I've often heard my daughter say this, we are a human having, we are in a human body, but we are having a spiritual experience. And that's true. We fight against things that are not physical in this world. And it can be related so many different ways. But again, I just, my message today is just don't suffer in silence alone. Um, and then let me think about what you're eating. Okay. Food is crucial. Food is very crucial. We really want to make sure that we're eating healthy. Sometimes we snack. I snack. I'm not perfect. Let me tell you, I'll have my sneaker bar and my peanut M&Ms. I'll have a lot of other stuff too that I shouldn't have. But we got to think about what we're putting into our body. So green leafy vegetables are excellent sources of vitamins and strength. Eat that. Exercise. Whatever you can do. I don't care if it's five minutes a day. Do it. Just do something. Get up and move because that helps. That helps relieve, relieve, um, release endorphins. That makes us feel better. When we feel better, we start to respond better. So, and then find people that you can talk to. You do not have to suffer alone. There are so many people and there's so many ways that you can do this. And you start a group, start a prayer group, start a regular group, a walking group, whatever you need to do. Just don't be in this alone okay and so that is the topic that's it and i have thoroughly enjoyed this and if you guys if you want to hear more um stuff on mental health i really would like for you to send me a voicemail you can do it on this um, podcast it's so super easy i'm the only one that would hear it if you ever wanted to post it you can always just tell me I'm okay with you posting it. But if you don't want to post it, you don't have to. But you can send me a private message and just let me know if you'd like to hear something else or, you know, want to talk about or want me to talk about something. Please do that or send me an email. I will put my email in the link again as well. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you spending it with me these um, almost 20 minutes. God bless you. And I'm praying for all of you. I don't know your names and I don't have to know your names. All I know is when I get down on my knees at night, I'm always thanking God for every person that has listened to this podcast and to bless them. So just know that you're in my prayers. All right. Take care. God bless you. Bye.